Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that, can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the Icon of Vacations. Icon of the Seas, arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Our talk is about to begin. Hey, 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 come on in. Jim Harbaugh is gone after nine years at Michigan, a three and five record in the Ohio State Michigan game. Harbaugh is headed back to the NFL reportedly to coach the Los Angeles Chargers, and that means. So much for Ohio State football. Stephen Means, Nathan Barrett, Andrew Gillis. This is Buckeye Talk, an emergency video, emergency podcast on, quite frankly, someone who has become enemy number one of the Ryan Day era of Ohio State football. Nathan, how, how does this recent development in the Michigan football program impact Ohio State? So it's funny because, and it hadn't really dawned on me this way until tonight, but I was thinking back to... Buckeye Talk episodes from 2019, 2020, and the at a time when it seemed like maybe Jim Harbaugh wasn't going to last at Michigan. Maybe he was under pressure. Uh, maybe he was going to get pushed out. And I remember hearing from Ohio State fans who were like, I hope this guy never leaves. This guy, he can't win games like this. He can't win any big games, let alone this game. And, and we were having podcasts about, well, what year – Far into the future, will Michigan finally win the game again? And then overnight, three in a row, uh, national championship, and really reversing the trajectory of, of or not the trajectory, but reversing the standing and the rivalry of these two teams, uh, at least temporarily. And yes, there's the cloud of, of scandal that still hangs over that. He's exiting with a national championship trophy and two ongoing NCAA investigations. And this seems like a very unsatisfying conclusion if you're an Ohio State fan. It was already poised to be that going into the game last year anyway. When when Jim Harbaugh wasn't going to get to coach that game, win or lose, Jim Harbaugh, you know, if, if, if Ohio State had won, Ryan Day wasn't going to get to make Jim Harbaugh meet him at midfield and shake his hand. And I felt like that was a, a – it, it didn't end up happening, so I guess it doesn't matter. But it just – that felt like it was going to be an unsatisfying conclusion in this – to, to know that Ohio State will never directly beat Jim Harbaugh again, to know that Jim Harbaugh will never have to answer and and participate, you know, pay the repercussions of 
whatever is still coming for Michigan. Maybe never have to really ever answer for the whole Connor Stallions thing in a tangible way. I, all of that combined is, I think, just an unsatisfying night for Ohio State and its fans. I think they wanted all of those things, and Jeremy Harbaugh now kind of gets to write off and and on to the NFL and try to chase the Super Bowl, and Ohio State doesn't get to exact any uh, revenge. Doesn't get the doesn't get the punch back, and uh, that just I would I. To me, that would be an unsatisfying conclusion if I'm an Ohio State fan. Andrew, is that the way you're looking at this? Uh, Ryan Day's lost his last three Michigan games. He's lost his last three to Jim Harbaugh. And this last one he lost, it felt like there was a chance to maybe right the ship a little bit, and, at least from a narrative standpoint of how the last two years had gone. And that didn't happen. And Jim Harbaugh is now walking out of here with a national championship. And the guy at his quarterback position, J.J. McCarthy, who he had been hyping up since he got him, is potentially a first-round draft pick. Did Jim Harbaugh win here? <laughs> That's exactly what I was going to say. Jim Harbaugh beat everybody. Everybody. Including Michigan. He beat everybody. He beat Ohio State, quite literally. He got. It took him a while, but he got the ball rolling. And when Jim Harbaugh was at Ohio State, or was at Michigan, excuse me, started in 2015, national championships were one to nothing for Michigan to Ohio State. Ohio State won the year prior. So he he beat Ohio State in that regard. When Jim Harbaugh was there, Michigan had more national championships. He's won recently, literally on the field against the Buckeyes, where he's won three games in a row. He beat Ohio State three times in a row. And I know he wasn't on the sideline for that third one, but that was, for all intents and purposes, his team. And I know he's two and five against Ohio State, but he left Michigan in a place where Michigan's the defending national champion, he left Michigan in a place better than he found it. He beat the NCAA. He's not going to have to answer for any of these recruiting kind of violations or whatever the violations or mal- uh, malfeasances or whatever, whatever they're technically called. He's not going have to have to answer for any of that. He's not going to have to answer for the Connor Stallion stuff at Michigan. He doesn't have to do that. He beat Michigan because of that, too. He doesn't have to go back and coach a team that is losing a lot and that is going back to maybe some some hard times if you are going to lose a lot of people and you're going to get some punishment from the NCAA. You don't have to suffer any of those consequences. And with, with, everywhere, with everywhere you look with Harbaugh, he emerges clean on the other side. You know, he goes to coach the NFL and he goes to coach Justin Herbert. And Justin Herbert's one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. And with all due respect to J.J. McCarthy, I don't think J.J. McCarthy is Justin Herbert. Like, everywhere you look, Jim Harbaugh is coming out of this with just a sterling record with facing no consequences of anything. And, you know, he's not going to have to deal with the NCAA. He's not going to have to deal with Michigan, you know, being down, whether or not that was from the NCAA putting some sanctions on them or just, hey, look, you had a lot of really good talent that won you a national championship and now they're all gone. He doesn't have to deal with that. He doesn't have to deal with, you know, the fact that maybe even if like even if Jim Harbaugh was there, does Ohio State lose that game next year? We all have said on this pod that we think Ohio State might be the most talented team in the country. And if they're not, they're number two. And if Ohio State beats a down Michigan next year, Jim Harbaugh would have been there and there would have been some level of revenge for Ohio State and Ohio State fans and for Ryan Day 
And now you don't get that because Jim Harbaugh is gone. Like everywhere you look, Jim Harbaugh is Andy Dufresne. He crawled through a hundred yards of poo and came out clean on the other side. Like there's, there's no other way to say it. Yeah. Sorry. The difference with, with uh, Dufresne is this was all Harbaugh's poo. That's fair. Yeah. (laughs) True of He he crawled through his own sewer. Yeah. I, I, I think what's more interesting, I guess, is is what's the tangible effect going forward for Ohio State? Right. Like, do we feel like mm-hmm. what happened at Michigan was a a reflection of just what Harbaugh could do and 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 put in place? Was he the the architect, the only one who could have built this to what it became at Michigan? Because there's obviously been through a couple of cycles of guys who had had success other places and it just couldn't do it at Michigan. Um, is there an inevitable long-term or even short-term drop-off? Like you were saying, Andrew, the roster is taking a little bit of a step back, but that happens sometimes when you have, you know, a team that gets loaded up. Ohio State's going to deal with that in 2025, frankly, especially on the defensive side of the ball. But is there, what are the long-term ramifications? Do we think that, Michigan loses some momentum here and is vulnerable now for Ohio State to maybe go on another run of its own. Well, to it, to me, it's not if it's how much because you're going to lose a lot of talent. You you're you're losing a lot to the NFL. You're losing a lot, um, you know, to um, you know, probably maybe the transfer portal. Like the transfer portal is open for 30 days for Michigan players now. And you, you could lose a lot to the portal. You could lose a lot to the NFL. Your coaching staff is gone. Um, you know, there was a report that, you know, he, one of the, I think Bruce Feldman had it, that one of the things he could do is take his strength and conditioning coach. And, uh, you know, that guy at Michigan has drawn rave reviews. Like it to me, so to me, it's not, Hey, does this belittle Michigan or does this take down Michigan a peg? It's how much and how far do the Wolverines fall? Now, obviously that could be, you know, kind of messed with a little bit by how much the NCAA decides to do here. Um, obviously, that could change some things depending on how severe punishments could be. But um, yeah, to me, it's not like if Michigan's going to take a step back, it's how far. Michigan just lost the greatest thing that's ever happened to them, I think. And if we were a Michigan pod and we were doing a Mount Rushmore of Michigan people in the football space, I think he's the top spot. Because you have to remember both. This is the same dude who has a quarterback guaranteed a win over Ohio State and then went out and got that win over Ohio State. Michigan has had 10, 10 win seasons since 2000. Jim Harbaugh is responsible for six of them. He has been the epitome of what he was brought in to do. And now it took him some time to do it, but he was brought in to save and fix the Michigan football program, who in the three years before he got there under Brady Hoke had gone eight and five, seven and six, five and seven. And at the end of this nine year run, he's sitting both in a three game winning streak over Ohio State. He's won a national title. He's beat Bama. He had the best quarterback in the conference. And to Andrew's point, he beat everybody else along the way with all this extra stuff that was going on. And now you just lost that because he just left. And so I do think there's going to be a a, a little bit of a, a drop-off there, regardless of who gets brought in in that staff. But from an Ohio State perspective, I think it just adds another variable to the fact that this is probably the most championship or bust you could be for an Ohio State football team. Just because all the talent they have on this roster, when you look at their schedule, 
I was already of the mindset of their 2024 regular season schedule was going to come down to two games. It was going to come down to going out to Eugene and playing against Dan Lanning in Oregon. And can you beat Michigan? And Michigan just lost his head coach. Michigan just lost all everything that was about the foundation of why they were the best team in the Big Ten over the last three years is gone from Michigan. With this, with this being the last straw and the biggest one of all of them. And so I'm more looking at this from Ohio State perspective of the only team in the Big Ten that's standing in between them and a the national championship is the team is a team who just got to the Big Ten three weeks before this decision happens, and that's Oregon. Because Penn State hasn't shown that they can actually win that game. And so I think that's – yeah, I agree with you, Nathan. It, it sucks that Ryan Day is not going to get his lick back on Jim Harbaugh. But when you look at this path now to a national championship, a big anchor just got lifted. Maybe the biggest anchor, maybe the biggest weight on Ryan Day's shoulder just walked out the door and said, I'm going to L.A. to coach in the NFL again. And so while you might be frustrated, and I wrote this right after the national championship game, you might be frustrated with everything that's happened at Michigan from the national championship to now not being able to get your lick back. But look towards the future because Michigan's not there. At least Jim Harbaugh's Michigan is not there anymore. And just add that to a to the long list that seems to grow every 72 hours for all the reasons you should be excited about your guys' chances in 2024 of being the first team to win a national championship in the 12-team playoff era, Nathan. Yeah, it's just that this is where this is where Michigan was supposed to be. Like Michigan was supposed to be in this tier. Like it was mm-hmm. it was wrong in the fabric of college football that it had fallen off the way it had. I'm talking about especially before Harbaugh, and then Harbaugh, as yeah. you said, had to had to had to scratch and, and claw to get it back up to where it is, and possibly cheat to get it where it is. Like we'll <laughs> we'll find out. Like the NCAA is still considering those questions, um, but it's why I'm I'm not sure. I mean, we saw at the, at a time of real turmoil for that team, they didn't have Harbaugh during games and they still found a way to win including beating ohio state you know uh i think they've got a good guy in sharon moore who proved some things as an assistant and then you know in in the interim for him this year it looks like he might be a pretty formidable guy so 2024 i think the the hay might be in the barn almost for that like you said michigan's Mm going to lose who they're going to lose ohio state is building something that's resembling of a super team potentially depending on you know, a couple of factors that come together, offensive line, some other things. So 2024 might not be, might be what it is, regardless of whether Jim Harbaugh was coming back. I'm trying to think ahead to what is the next decade of this rivalry look like because Jim Harbaugh has, is leaving because while you're right that he was the one who accomplished this, is it, is it an accomplishment that is bracketed by his tenure or is it an accomplishment Mm -hmm that now pays forward, that now is is the blueprint that Michigan has that it can build on year after year going on into the future. Yeah, so for me, I look at this as in the, in the long term, you're right, I think kind of like over the next 10 years because if there's any kind of sanctions or whatever that happens with the NCAA, that's one thing. Um, it might take the new coach, whoever it's going to be, might take that person a little bit of time to rebuild the roster just because you're losing a lot. You know, you have to find a lot new, you have to find a lot of talent and you have to replace presumably a handful of coaches that are going to leave with, with Jim Harbaugh. So I think down the line, 
there's there's kind of an interesting perspective. But in the short term, I think that this kind of adds to the exclamation point for Ohio State of now or never, at least for me, because you're kind of getting everything to go your way since like really the loss in the Cotton Bowl. You know, you 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 sign a good class, you hang on to Edric Houston, Jeremiah Smith, so you have all the recruiting stuff. The transfer portal, we've obviously detailed that ad nauseum where Julian Sand, there's Caleb Downs, um, you know, you bring in uh, you know, Bill O'Brien, like you you bring in so much and it felt like Ohio State was pushing their chips into the middle of the table. Mark Pantoni literally tweeted that gif of pushing your chips into the middle of the table. And now your biggest adversary over the last three years is probably, if not certainly, diminished a little bit. That I mean, to me, this it's lining up for Ohio State to where everything is being put in front of them for a lack of obstacles, frankly. And, and I think that you know this is just kind of another one of those points that says, "Hey, man, Ohio State's got to do it now." You know, this has got to be a really, really good season from the Buckeyes or else some some problems are going to occur because the number one thorn in your side, as Steven said, the number one problem that you have had over these last couple of years is now taking a huge hit because the, the coach of that program is gone. And I mean, three of the four, three of the four playoff teams don't have their coach anymore. And the path has kind of emerged, I think, for Ohio State. And I think that that just kind of, it's another point to, to kind of throw onto that pile. Nathan, to the point of, is the foundation still going to be there? I don't even know if that's something we'll be able to answer for another couple of years here because it's right. going to depend on, first of all, what's the NCAA's punishment, right? Because if you go back to when Ohio State lost Jim Trestle, well, that punishment was only a year, two years, but also they just happened to fall into Urban Meyer. So even if you were serving that punishment, your foundation was still there and, as a matter of fact, able to get elevated. Can that happen in right. this situation? And that might depend on the hire, right? Do you elevate Sharon more into that role? And so maybe instead of – if you look at Nick Saban, I'm using Nick Saban and Jim Trussell as, ex- as examples here because in both of those situations, one team, the coach departed and you didn't see the foundation fall from underneath it. While with Alabama, it does seem like at least the immediate foundation seems to be falling from underneath it when you lost Nick Saban and it allowed Ohio State, Texas, Georgia, some other places to come in and raid you. Do teams try to raid Michigan that same way when they're not necessarily dealing with the same talent pool from a recruiting standpoint that we're talking about at Alabama? So I do think this one is more interesting because their foundation isn't based in we got a bunch of five stars and top 50 recruits on our team who everybody's going to kind of try to come raid if the head coach leaves. But also, if they elevate their offensive coordinator, can this be a thing where if it's Jerome Moore as the next head coach, can he weather the storm and then 18 months from now we see Michigan right back in the fight? I think that transfer portal thing is another reason why this is probably so unsatisfying for Ohio State fans. Mm. Because if you were like, say you're an Auburn fan, and you watched what happened post Saban at Alabama. You had to be like just kicking back, laughing at watching people come in and just pick that roster apart like vultures. And for Michigan, I don't even so much know that it's the the, the makeup of the roster, and I don't even know if it's going to be the fact that they'll probably just elevate Sharon Moore, who again I think is is respected and liked in that organization and that program and would be maybe more likely to 
you know, retain those guys. It's just that the timing doesn't really line up for a bunch of guys to go in the portal now. I mean, it's January 24th. I don't know what the academic schedule is like at Michigan, but uh, I would imagine that they are um, already well into their season. They're well into their semester. So the idea that like you would go in the portal tonight and then you take a few days to figure it out, like you're probably not getting anywhere for spring ball at this stage. I don't know. I don't know how that would work out. But I think that just adds kind of to the dissatisfaction that this the timing of this might be happening at such a place that even if uh, if Michigan were vulnerable to be vultured like that, I don't know that it's that'll happen for them. It's different than if it happens back in December or the first week of January. Wow. So there's that. This is it's going to be interesting to see how Michigan kind of bounces back from this because even in comparison to Alabama, this is much more drastic because Alabama was able to go find themselves a head coach, but also it was two weeks earlier. The later along in the process you get in this, to your point, Nathan, the harder it is to kind of recoup for that upcoming season. So I I think you're right, Nathan. This is going to be something where let's check back in with Michigan in like 18 months and see where they are. I don't think it's a fair thing to just assume that they're going to be right in the mix of even the Big Ten. Maybe they might not even be one of the top three teams in the Big Ten next season simply because of how this is all playing out. That's both a good and a bad thing for Ohio State. It's a good thing because Michigan might not be the team it's been for the last three years, and so it might make for an easier outing at the end of the year in that game for Ohio State, which is also playing that game at home. But it's also a bad thing because Jim Harbaugh won. He got the last three games. Your current head coach is going to be one and three against him in the Ohio State-Michigan rivalry forever unless something crazy happens here. And he never gets to get his lick back. And that I do agree with that as well. That's a dissatisfying thing to have to think about that era of Ohio State-Michigan while also it can mean good things for the future as well. Get the text 614-350-3315 when this information broke. It's the first place we went with it before we did anything else with a two-week free trial, $399 after that. That's Nathan Baird. That's Andrew Gillis, and I'm Stephen Means, and that was Buckeye Talk.